Welcome to the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kinghorn, co-founder and CEO of HBHM. We're a carbon neutral wellness brand and we're focused on the well-being of our customers and the planet. We produce a range of products designed to support a healthy lifestyle. This podcast is for our community. We'll have a range of experts in the health, fitness and wellness space designed to help you all improve many aspects of your life. For listening to this podcast, you can get 15% off our products at hbhm.com by using the code hbhmpod at checkout. Thanks for listening. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. On today's show, we have Megan Keith. Megan is a digital marketeer and yoga teacher who uses all kinds of daily mindfulness practices to help her to find that elusive work-life balance. She champions workplace wellness and supporting her colleagues to feel happy, healthy and safe in the workplace workplace and she firmly believes that looking after your mental and physical health helps to not only look after yourself but to produce some of your best work in the office too. Megan has also collaborated with HBHM. There are a range of different yoga videos on our Instagram and our YouTube that are available for our followers to watch and take part in so please go and check those out. So welcome to the HBHM podcast Megan. Thanks very much for coming on. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Brian. It's so nice to be on this podcast. So thank you very much for inviting me. No, it's great to have you on. And obviously we've done uh, work with you in the past and you're you're one of our sort of main collaborators. So it's great to have you on the podcast and let our followers find out a bit more about who you are. Oh, thank you. Those videos were so much fun to make. I really enjoyed the day. Yeah, it was. It was really good. And, you know, I think the way that you, there's five of them. For anyone that uh, wants to know, you know, please do check them out. And the different topics that you've, you know, picked are just so clear and obviously able to be used by most people. You know, there's something there for for everyone. There's the working from home one, obviously. So yoga for working from home. There was a yoga for runners, which obviously I'm very keen on. Um, there's a strength training one. I think there was like a stretch and reset one. And I've definitely missed one out. I've got it. One okay. for bedtime, yeah. just before bed. Yeah, that's the one. So yeah, awesome. They're really good. So please go check them out and we'll we'll maybe go and come on and talk about some of them later on in the podcast. So the, f- the first thing I wanted to sort of dive into today with you is you said that you're a firm believer that yoga is not just about the time spent on the mat. It's the other little things during the course of the day. So what is it that you you mean by that? And how does that play a part in your life? So I like dabbled in and out of yoga, probably from my like mid teenage years. And it was one of those things that I would go to the occasional class and I found the class very beneficial for your, your obvious, like you're stretching your body out. And that always felt really nice, but it wasn't until I kind of started really getting into like the deep diving of yoga and like all of the amazing history that comes from it as well and I think that that was where I realized that there is so much more to it and it's it's more than what you're doing on the mat you know you're going on the mat to calm down and kind of take yourself away from the day-to-day but it's how you can build those practices into your general life that makes you almost like a nicer person to be around I often find that I if I just give myself maybe 20 minutes in the morning or even like five minutes if I'm really pressed for time 
it allows me just to really center in and that means that I'm not a crabbed woman if I'm having a bad day and I'm dealing with my colleagues you know I'm much more centered I'm much more grounded and I think that that's um that's kind of like a really simple way that yoga can just move off of your mat and into your kind of day-to-day life okay and the the crabbed woman thing so do you do you find that you know you're like for, for me, I, I admit the same when it comes to my running. Like I like to get a, a run done in the morning because it just makes me in a better mood. So is that what you're sort of taking your meaning as well? That you're just... Feeling, yeah, totally. Yeah. Just that's it. Well, people, there's running. like all these memes about yoga that's like, um, we're, like yoga teachers are all mental. That's why we do yoga. It's to bring us back and make us like, just, what's the word? Like to center us and to, because our minds are very busy, right? Yeah. So we're, we all have these crazy busy lifestyles. And I think if nothing else, that that's what the pandemic has shown us is that we have had to, for the last 18 months or so, sit in our homes and we had to really sit with ourselves. You know, a lot of us, if you're anything like me, I go out and I do lots of different hobbies outside of my work and outside of yoga. And like, even as somebody who has quite a, a general daily practice, I found that really hard to sit with myself and like let the mind run and like go through all of these maybe anxious thoughts or fears or worries you know it was a very stressful time for everyone and if you can use a practice such as yoga to quiet the mind even if it's just for an hour it kind of reminds you at the end of the day that you can do that it is really easy say really easy it's not easy it's a simple practice to make your life easier so if you can maybe you're getting really stressed at work for example I don't know maybe you've had like a really busy day or your boss has just put on extra tasks for you it's very easy for your mind to start like getting quite worked up about it and thinking about all these difficult things that we have to do but if you can just kind of take a moment close your eyes and even if closing your eyes feels weird in an office space but you know, just take a couple of big breaths, you know, that yoga can be as simple as that. And it's yeah. just kind of going into that parasympathetic nervous system and calming yourself down so that you can think with a much more rational head rather than going into that fight or flight mode, which I think we can go into very easily nowadays because there's so much stress around us. Okay. And you said there about, you know, if you in the office if you don't feel like it, I suppose getting outside or I was going yeah, to say totally. going to the bathroom but that's probably not the best of sitting in the, sitting in the toilet. <laughs> I mean even if it's giving you that space I often find um, just even like physically doing something very simple so like I might physically like you know put my hands on my thighs so that I can I can feel my body and I know I'm here like yeah. rather than getting caught up in the mind chatter or um, there's a very simple technique where you just place your thumb and your index finger and then you move along the four fingers and you're just peace begins with me and you can you don't have to say that out loud in the office that might be a bit weird but you can just quietly just say peace begins with me as you move through each finger and it's again it's that centering and that grounding practice that can be done anywhere that could be done in the supermarket if I don't know people who suffer from anxiety attacks for example it might come on out of the blue and if it's something that you can do to physically bring you back into the present moment and kind of calm yourself down then I like to use these very simple techniques rather than spending hundreds of pounds on an expensive piece of equipment that will supposedly solve all my problems I like to try and find ways of using myself and my my human body to to um, anchor me down in these times of difficulty 
Yeah, okay. And so we'll, we'll obviously come and speak a, a lot more about yoga because, you know, you, you're the, the yoga expert in this conversation, absolutely. Um, but I take it, you know, you've mentioned mindfulness and you've mentioned breathing. So are you getting involved in meditation, journaling, gratitude, any of that type of additional things on top of your yoga as well? Yeah, I think, well, this is the thing is yoga is more than kind of going back to your first question, you know, what is yoga? It is kind of all of those things. Okay. It is having this mindfulness practice. Um, we have what we call pranayama, which is the Sanskrit word for breath work. So it's taking these simple breathing tools that you can use anywhere on your mat or like I say in the office or maybe like using mindfulness for when you're out walking you know I think we can all very easily these days I am prone to it myself I like going out I stick on a podcast usually it's one like this or like a self-development podcast and I'll just go for my walk and I won't really notice where I'm going but sometimes when I think I've not really kind of sat with myself in a little while I'll I'll take a walk without my headphones and I'll I'll feel what it feels like for my feet to be on the ground and like how hot the air is, how cold it is. I mean, we live up in Aberdeenshire. It can be raining when you're on these walks, you know, all these very physical um, sensations that you're experiencing. But yeah, so yoga is all of these things. And I think it's cherry picking the ones that work well for you. So for example, um, at the end of all of my classes, we'll do either a breathing um a breathing session or we'll do a meditation. Now, personally, in my day-to-day -day life, I, I would love to sit here and tell you that I meditate for 20 minutes every day and I find it is super helpful for me. I can absolutely see the benefits of meditation and I, I think it's an amazing practice to do, but do I do it every day? it's not something that always resonates with me and it's something I really have to come back to. So for example, I set up notifications on my phone for the um, for a meditation app that I use so that I am reminded, oh yeah, okay, I need to check in and I need to do that. It's not something that comes naturally. However, I find that if I do just take those 10 minutes away, I feel much better for it. Yeah. Awesome. So I wanted to uh, go back a, a bit and find out a bit more about the journey so how did you get started with yoga and you know what's that journey looked like and is it have you always been interested in wellness um you know what I was we always joke about it me and my parents I was like the runt I was always the youngest one in school like I was a bit of a gangly teenager I wasn't very sporty I was definitely that kid at school who tried to get out of sports day or any PE lesson just in any way I possibly could so sports and exercise and things never really came to me until I was probably about 16 17 and it was through that that I realized that team sports weren't really for me you know I I can do it but I'm, I'm not competitive enough if I'm honest which is not helpful in a team sport um, and I found I did find my way to yoga and like I said to begin with it was a bit of a um, kind of on and off relationship I would call it but when I was probably about 19 I did a university placement where I went down to Glasgow and there's amazing yoga school down there that I just happened to stumble upon and it was the people there and the community element uh, of the um, studio that really really like it left such an impact on me and from there I kind of found my yoga school up in Aberdeen when I moved back to Aberdeen and then the, the journey came from there. But where I really, really got into yoga 
was when I personally had um, quite a bad dip in my mental health after university. So I finished university, couldn't get a job, didn't know what I was doing with my life and just felt very lost. So that was when, you know, I decided to go and seek some professional help. And the only thing at the time that was grounding me was my yoga practice. So I was doing like two hours of yoga a day, just as something to keep me sane. And um, I always joke that at that time in my life, it was either I packed up my bags, I booked a flight to Costa Rica and I took my medication from the doctor and I just hoped I got better. Or I invested that money into a yoga teacher training program and I stayed in Scotland and I worked on myself and kind of did something that I knew was helping me and trying to find a way that I could use it to help others. So I guess that's where the story came from. I did yoga teacher training with that yoga school in Glasgow that had such a positive impact on me. And we worked through all sorts of things from the philosophy of yoga to, you know, where it's all come from and all the amazing practitioners that have, you know, brought yoga over from India over into the UK and into the Western culture and how things have changed. And then, of course, your like physical practices, you know, how are we putting all of these elements together to create a really holistic practice for people to get the most benefit from? So I've been teaching, it's probably my three-year anniversary today, actually, now I think about it. Okay. Yeah, it was three years ago today, I taught my first yoga class. So it's kind of funny that how that's worked out. Yes. <laughs> Today's the day we've um, had the podcast, yeah. but I've loved every minute of it. And even since um, starting my own business a year ago out with the wellness industry, it's something that I refuse to give up. I still love working with people in this way. And I feel like I get so much out of it. Yeah. And I hope that my students do too. Yeah, I'm sure they do. And uh, how, I, well, I assume classes have changed dramatically since uh, COVID. So did you, I take it they were all in person before in some sort of studio and then went online? Is that how you worked it? Yeah, it was so strange. I remember when, kind of everything happened and you know we at the time COVID wasn't it was a bit of a concern but it wasn't anything anyone was so worried about I stopped teaching kind of a week before we went into lockdown and I moved everything online and I first started just teaching through Facebook lives because I was like well we'll just be doing this for like three weeks <laughs> I mean nothing to worry about we'll be back together soon um, and I very quickly realized that I was going to have to change my my business strategy I suppose and how I helped people but I knew at that time more than ever yoga was going to be my way of contributing back to the community you know we were all trying to help each other and it was such a difficult period yeah. where like we kind of spoke about earlier there was so much uncertainty and people weren't able to leave their houses so what could I do or what skill set did I have that I thought could help others and that was through teaching yoga so for the last yeah last year or so now I've been teaching through zoom which is yeah I mean it has its pros and cons I can just roll out of bed in the morning and do it from there which is nice but I do miss the um, physical interaction with people yeah but, you know we've all adapted and I think we all still get the same benefits from it and I've been able to practice with teachers out in Canada and in Glasgow and in Sri Lanka so there's been lots of positives about it as well yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, you know, the world has become a lot smaller, um, you know, in the online world, because as you say, you can, you know, have 
you know, people from on your classes and communicate and meet people from all over the world. But obviously in other ways, it's never felt, you know, further away to, to travel and things. So yeah, there's definitely pros and cons. So it's good that you've given that, given it back to your, your clients by going online. And I'm sure it's something they've appreciated during the time. So well done on that. Um, you've, you mentioned something, well, you've kind of touched on it already, but you know, one of the things that you also, you, you also speak about is yoga supporting obviously your body and your mind. So, you know, you touched on mental health there. So is, is, is yoga for your body and your mind for you? Is that how it works? Yeah. So I definitely came to it from like a, a mental health. No, I take that back. When I first started yoga back in the early days, it was definitely from a bit of an ego headspace. I wanted to be able to do the splits and I wanted to be, to, to be able to do all those very Instagrammable postures and things like that. And then slowly, as I started attending more classes and listening to what my teachers had to teach me, I was like, oh, okay, there's a bit more to this. And I then got into the sort of more mindful side of things. And, and then eventually I got into the more spiritual side of things and trying like lots of different spiritual practices to go and that'll go alongside yoga as well. Um, but that's the thing that I like the most about, about this practice is that you, you can be the most unspiritual person in the world and you could come to me for a class and be like Megan I don't want to listen to all that I just want to come and stretch out after my run yeah and you could do that and that's what I feel like I've been very lucky and the teachers that I've practiced with have always said take what you need from this class you know if you need a really good stretch because you've been sat at home all day then absolutely do that or if you need something because you're going through a really difficult emotional time, you know, take the emotional support of your community from this class and this hour to yourself and, you know, giving yourself space from whatever you're going through. Um, and then in terms of like, yeah, for me, mental health obviously was such a massive part of my life or having poor mental health and working my way back to where I am now was it, the yoga was the mental side of things for me. It was that daily practice that I could do, that it didn't have to be difficult. Like I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to be with anyone. I just had to roll out my mat and maybe pull up a YouTube video yeah. um, and just move. And can you do the splits though? Oh no, I'm still <laughs> working on it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do the splits. But it's, it's amazing because I think that's how you, you know, if you relate that to anything else, I think that's the, the types of reasons why people get involved in anything. So let's say, you know, people start strength training, for example, you know, they maybe start that originally to, you know, get, get some bigger muscles, get a six pack, you know, that type of thing. But then, you know, then their journey changes. It's, it's just about getting stronger and not really caring what they look like. And, um, you know, running, sometimes people start running just to be able to purely for the purpose of like you know getting a great 10k time or half marathon time but then on that journey it becomes more of more than just the times and it becomes you know part of the the bigger picture in their life so it's amazing how many things start like that but then for become you know, a, for a totally other reason and I think it's I definitely noticed it last year actually that you say that you know I'm, I'm a vinyasa yoga teacher so what we do in vinyasa yoga is it's quite strong we move a lot it's very fluid um, and you'll you'll see that from the sessions that are on the YouTube channel and on the Instagram channels however last year I was very into yin yoga and yin yoga involves like 
very little movement, holding postures for like between two to seven minutes at a time. So you can maybe do like an hour's class and only do eight poses or something. And it's very still. But that at that time, I felt like my mind was running wild that I needed to find a way to slow down and to kind of center into my body. However, on, you know, other times I found that when my mind is busy, actually getting that movement out, you know, like when people have like mad dance parties, I'm a big fan of this. When I like can't concentrate, I'll just put on some music and have like a mad dance party around the house. And you don't care about what you look like, but it's shifting that energy out of the body and um, channeling it into something, at least rather than sitting there at your desk, stressing out that you can't do the task you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, and I think you know sometimes people have a a perception of yoga is about you know lying and being still and not doing much uh, movement, but then other you know it's actually in reality you can get a real good sweat on doing yoga, and I think some people you know again the, the flip side think it's all about these really difficult hard poses, but in reality it can be very very simple. So there's kind of something for everyone, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And I think there's also, so there's two sides of the coin. I think there's this perception that there's people who go to yoga wear Lululemon leggings and they drink their green juice and they're a size two blonde model. But then there's also the other side of it where they're like real big hippies and they only wear hemp and, you know, live off the land. We've got two sides of the coin there, but I think that actually it's somewhere in between what I've always said to my students is show up as you are especially in lockdown like I was like show up in your pajamas like I don't mind you know as long as you are comfortable and I think you know you're with the right teacher when they just want you to be comfortable in your practice they're not pushing you to do anything we all have completely unique bodies and I think it'd be unfair of me to say that Um, one posture has to look the same on every person and it's why I think it puts a lot of men off coming to yoga because they expect that they have to act a certain way or be really spiritual or something like that whereas I had a few men in my classes before lockdown they were all just mad keen runners and they needed to stretch out and they came and they listened to me talk about some of the more like spiritual things of yoga but they didn't they didn't necessarily take anything from that they were here to stretch out and get a good sweat on and like that's what I love about this practice is that it's so beneficial to to everybody whether you're doing it for five minutes in the morning to get away from the kids or an hour at night because you've been strength training and your muscles are really tight yeah I think over the years as well it's became a lot more mainstream is maybe not the right word but I I, for sports people is what I'm, I'm gonna come on to I remember Ryan Giggs you know the footballer um, yeah. years and year, years ago when he was still playing he started doing yoga to prolong his career and back then you know people were of the opinion why why is Ryan Giggs doing yoga um, but yeah. then flip forward to now and like every sports person or athlete you know does incorporate some sort of yoga into their their practice Totally. And my, um, my teacher, she, she often used to train the Glasgow Warriors rugby team. And she was like, you know, I'm maybe not putting them into certain positions that I would put the general public into because their, their physique is completely different, but they will still get the same benefits of yoga that your gymnast might get, for example. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I really do love it. And I I suppose the obstacle 
to most people getting involved, I assume would be time. You know, that's yeah. generally that's generally the reason why people don't do things is because they don't think they have enough time or they genuinely don't have enough time. Um, so you know, if somebody is short on time and they've only got you know five ten minutes in their day, you know, what are the sort of easy, simple things that you'd recommend them to do to incorporate some sort of yoga into them? Their lives. Yeah, um, I think for very simple postures, I think a child's pose, you know, it's yeah. so simple and we come back to it every time in yoga. So that's when you are, um, your knees are as wide as your mat and your big toes come to touch and you just walk your arms out as far as you can so your forehead rests on the ground. Okay. And it's, it's a very grounding posture, you know, it kind of allows you to be calm and still but it from a physiological point of view it's really good for your hips so it's really good at opening up your hips especially if you've been sat at a desk all day okay. or there is a pose called reclined pigeon so it's really good for your hips and your legs so what you would do for that one is you'd be lying on your back knees are bent you cross left ankle on top of right and then scoop your arms through to the back of your thigh and then just relax down okay. so the closer you can pull your thigh to your um your torso the deeper the stretch or if you kind of open your knee out a bit wider you get more of a hip stretch but that one's a really nice one for anyone who's been out walking or again, it's a nice one if you've been in, like a lot of us live very sedentary lives so where we're yeah. sat all day and it's just a nice one to move. Um, otherwise, one that I think is a really nice one that anyone could do. Hey, if you want to practice your balance, like a tree pose in the kitchen, if nothing else to make your partner laugh at you is um, a good one where you have to engage your core. So you scoop your low belly into your spine okay. and you press down through both feet and then you find your position. So maybe you bring your um, heel onto your ankle or your heel to your opposite calf or up into your inner thigh. And it's just practicing all these things yeah. that I think that one, that one for me more than anything is just to like mix things up and to give yourself a bit of a laugh, especially if you've had like a busy, stressful day and yeah. you've not smiled very much. It happens to us all. And then what do you do with our, we had arms in that one? So you could just have your hands at your heart center or you could open up like a tree. So you can yeah, bring yeah. both arms up and overhead. So it depends how much you want to make um, your household giggle. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Get your wife involved as well. You can see who can hold their tree pose for the longest. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that we'll do. She's we're both competitive, so we'll, I'll I'll challenge her to that, and I'm sure she'll try and beat me, and she probably will. But, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I've got to take the opportunity. I do it on every other podcast is to to be selfish and ask about a runner's perspective for me. So, you know, again, you know, in the same sort of vein, you know, what are the best sorts of things that I should be doing? And hips, by the way, is probably, probably what I need to work on the most. Yeah, I, I must admit, I wouldn't say I am, uh, I'm not a natural runner. I've done a half marathon, okay. but I found it difficult and I really just did it to prove to myself I could do it. Well done. But it was hips I certainly found yeah. were the things that I struggled with the most. So we have things like, um, I mean, a downward dog is always going to be amazing for things, stretching out your hamstrings, your calves, yeah. a, for, a straight up forward fold. Like if you can get your hands to the ground, that's pretty cool. But otherwise, just bend your knees, fold your torso forward. And as long as you're feeling the stretch up the back of your hamstrings, okay. that's a really good place to be. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's a slightly more difficult posture, but there's lots of variations that you can take in it is lizard pose. Okay. So you would um, uh, 
I'm trying to think the best way to explain this on a podcast. Yes. You would be in a downward facing dog. Okay. So we'll start with our left side. We'd sweep your left leg up to the sky yeah. and then you'd step your left foot to the outside of your left hand. Okay. So your, um, your hip is wider there. So you're immediately opening up your hip and then you can lower your right knee down and just keep both hands on the mat or if you're a bit more flexible you could lower down onto your forearms but that's a really good hip opener i must admit you'll have to breathe during that one you'll have to yeah. count your breaths because you it's not comfortable to begin with yeah. but it's certainly a good one okay cool i need to well and obviously you know there's the ones on the instagram and youtube as well but i was gonna um, say if you just want like a simple one that you don't have to think about it yeah. just go on to the instagram channels and just you don't have to look at me but just listen to the the cues to move through the practice and yeah. the yoga for runners one i really like because there's the mixture of um, core building, which you yourself will know more than anything. Yeah. I didn't realize how important it was to have a strong core for running so yeah. that you can keep the whole upper body um, moving in line with your legs. So you get a bit of that in it, you get the leg stretches. Um, and of course, just like general um, mobility and flexibility you're, you're gaining a lot of in that practice as well. Yeah. And so what about obviously some and just talking around some of the other videos that we've got that obviously people can go and to, can go and watch, but to touch on them all. So the, the working from home one then, because I think, you know, even though things are starting to ease slightly, I think it's fair to say there's a lot of us going to be working at home for, you know, a foreseeable future anyway. So Absolutely. You know, what, what, what are some of the best things to be doing when you're working from home to help just be a bit looser? Yeah, I mean, I, one thing that I have to really remind me and my colleagues to do, because, you know, we're as, um, we're as bad for doing it as anyone else, is making sure you get up, you know, once every half hour, every 40 minutes. And even if it's just taking that walk through to the kitchen to make your cup of tea, but get the blood flow moving again in the body and moving that energy. Um, I think that's really important. The yoga for working from home, that was that was designed for this, you know, sitting down all day or mm. especially it, it was it felt very relevant at the time. The nights are a bit longer and it's a bit um, it's not as cold now, but I certainly remember in the winter time when we had snow and miserable weather. The last thing you wanted to do was get up at your desk, put on your jacket and go out into yeah. the miserable weather for a walk or a run. So it was that way of building up a bit of heat in the body. Um, and you know getting your heart rate up as well as getting a stretch in and looking after your mental health as well as your physical health so that one's quite nice for kind of decompressing from the day yeah. or if you're anything like me the the yoga before bed one is one that I quite often like to take so I find that um, I'm kind of jumping ahead of you here but the CBD oil um, I find that I like it for sleep so I would quite often, you know, take my um, CBD oil and then I'd go and do a little yoga practice. And that's kind of my evening routine. Okay. It doesn't have to be long. The nice thing about that sleep practice, I think it's about 15 minutes long. It's yeah. nothing, nothing too strenuous. And we all sit in bed at night and we scroll on our phones and we just see what's been on in the day, whether that's on Twitter or Instagram or the news. So instead of maybe using that, um, time on your phone which is going to stimulate your brain 
maybe switch it up and you take your CBD oil and you do a 15 minute yoga practice that actually can even be done from your bed. I often do it from there Okay. or I'll put my mat next to my bed and for yeah. the breathing section at the end, I'll just slide in and get under the duvet so that <laughs> I can just go straight to sleep. Yeah. Nice one. And the, well, I don't mind, I don't mind you know, jumping ahead if it's talk about CBD. So, <laughs> so obviously you do, take hbhm cbd also how how has it benefited you then what's it is it mainly sleep for you or has there been other benefits yeah it's definitely been sleep and um i i've kind of touched on it before i can be quite an anxious person so i find that it helps with my anxiety it just kind of keeps me calm but the thing i like the most about the hbhm cbd oil is that i like the flavors of them okay. i've had some real nasty cbd oils before that just they don't taste right whereas these ones are good for people who maybe haven't tried cbd oil before it's a nice entrance in like into this kind of um into this world so i i prefer the cherry one that's my favorite mm. i actually haven't tried the white peach one yet but it's definitely up on my list the minute that cherry one's finished. I'll be cracking open a bottle of that yeah. just to give it a try. But yeah, definitely sleep and um, for my anxiety. I haven't necessarily been like training very differently. You know, like I've not been running or anything with super tight muscles that I've yeah. noticed it yet. So I think um, my personal trainer wants me to start running soon. So no oh, okay. doubt I'll be noticing the benefits then when I'm yeah. running. And are you, so you've mentioned there you take it so the evening do you ever take it any other times of the day or is it just evening um I mean if I'm organized first thing in the morning once I've yeah. got out my shower and I'm ready to hit the day I'll have it then because I think it sets me up for a busy yeah. day in the office yeah. um but if I've maybe not been super organized it's kind of like my closing down of my yeah. day I'll have my CBD oil I'll do a little yoga practice and then I'll head to my bed nice and is it have you, is it always just under the tongue? Have you explored taking it in anything else? Are there any other drinks or anything? I must admit, I haven't um, personally tried it any other way. I always just pop it under my tongue because yeah. I feel like I can just grab the, grab the bottle and if I am busy, I can just potter about the house with it under my tongue for the 90 seconds and then get on. I have had a CBD oil um, from another company in like a matcha latte or something yeah. that's such a millennial drink to have <laughs> um, but I haven't personally tried it yet do you have any recommendations of like what I could pop it yeah in? just some of the other things that we do is put it in coffee um, yeah or in like a protein shake or something like that the, cher the cherry one in a coffee is actually really nice so I oh I was gonna it. say I wonder how that would taste yeah. so I'll no, have to try nice. that it does really and you know even though you're, you're just putting a tiny amount in you still really notice the taste and same with like a protein shake or something so yeah i generally i'll make up a protein shake and put in generally a flavored one and it's amazing how even in amongst loads of other things that i mix it up you can still taste like the cherry or white peach in it so um they're good ways but i think in the last podcast we did we spoke about people have tried you know doing brownies and pancakes and all these different things with the CBD oil. So yeah, there's there's lots of different ways you can try it. But obviously, the these most people are obviously much better at baking than I am. Yeah. I'm a terrible baker, but maybe in a smoothie. I make smoothies quite a lot, so I should pop some yeah. in my um in my morning smoothie and see how definitely. I get on with that. Definitely, you should definitely give it a give it a whirl. It's a good way of taking it. One of my favorite ways. So yeah. Oh, cool! Thank you for that. No worries. Um, so I spoke about it. 
earlier on, um, but just about, you know, meditation, journaling, you know, that side of things. Is, is journaling something that you do at all or, or not really? I have fallen out of practice lately, but I found it very, very helpful okay. during the lockdown last year. I journaled most days, I would say. Um, and I think for anyone who is thinking about getting into a journaling practice, I think we can be quite bad for overcomplicating it, thinking that you're going to have to write pages and pages. Um, but often I find that when I need to journal, it's often just a case of picking up my, it doesn't have to be anything special. Sometimes it's just the nearest piece of paper I have to me and a pen. And it's just getting what's going on in my mind out on paper. Yeah. And especially when things are stressful, sometimes just reading it back, I go, actually, I, I can manage that. You know, that's not as, as stressful as it felt inside. Um, but if you're looking for like a, a gratitude practice, one that I've kind of kept up certainly for the last year is three things that I am grateful for that day. Yeah. And they can be super simple. It can be, you know, the kind person that I met in the supermarket. It can be the conversation I have with my granny on the phone or the time I spent with my students over Zoom. Yeah. You know, they don't have to be big grand things but often it's these small things that you forget about and you you know maybe you get to the Friday and you go oh I've had such a long difficult week this week was the worst yeah. and then I look at I actually look at the things I've been thankful for and went oh well actually on Tuesday that happened and that was really nice and that made me smile or you know and I think it's if you can celebrate the small things in life then how are you going to experience all these big amazing things later on because yeah. you're not appreciating what you already have yeah no it's a it's a good uh, habit to be into like the you know the three things you're grateful for every day because as you say it it forces you to bring out the good that you actually do have going on regardless of what else is happening you, you're just you know picking out those three things so it's definitely a, a good recommendation there so, and i definitely uh, think over the last year we've all realized that we have so much more to be thankful for than we realized. You know, most of us are in a lucky position that we have a roof over our heads, a fridge full of food, yeah. and we ha generally have our health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you can always remember that your, your essentials are always covered, then you can start finding other ways of finding joy in your day, whether that's helping somebody else or appreciating the nice things that other people have done for you. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so on the, back to the yoga side. So what, what is, what is it that you love about yoga? You know, why do you love it so much? Why do you continue to do it, continue to teach it? You know, what is it about it? I think the, the thing I love about yoga is that it's called a yoga practice for a reason. Like you will never be a master yogi. Like yeah. you could be practicing for 50 years and you'll still learn new things. And I often, I love working with other teachers because it makes my classes more interesting because I learn things off of them that I can then pass on to my students. Or, you know, your body is always changing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in my 20s at the moment, but I can't wait to see how my yoga practice um, progresses and develops into my 30s and you know if I have a family like how will my yoga practice change yeah. as a pregnant woman or then as I get older I want to be able to have a body that is strong and can 
carry me through as long of this life as I possibly can. So I'm hoping that this practice will keep me, um, keep this body healthy. Yeah, at various different points in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I always like the, that idea of becoming a bit of a child again. You know, I think as adults, we we stop trying new things for yeah. fear that we're going to be bad at it. Yeah. Whereas as a kid, you didn't do that. You know, you drew, you drew something badly or yeah, like maybe art was always my thing when I was young and I wasn't always a good artist, but you know, with time and skill, I practiced and I got better. But then when I became an adult and I was working full time, I stopped doing art. Yeah. And I'm like, how many of us have had a hobby that we loved as children and as teenagers that we stopped doing? Whereas I think yoga, you're always learning something new. Like I have women who are in their 50s or 60s, like getting on their hands and doing crow pose where their legs are in the air and they're balancing on their hands. But, you know, when I when I show them the practice, they're like, I'll never be able to do that and of course they can over time maybe they just lift one toe one week and one toe the next and eventually it's a foot and eventually it's both feet and they're balancing and they're shocked and but it's the smile that they're giving and like you can see that they're getting a lot of enjoyment out of it or kind of like you said earlier we can be quite competitive people so and it's not even necessarily with other people around yeah. you like you know that you can hold that tree pose five seconds longer yeah. so you're gonna try it yeah and I think it's that um it doesn't matter what day of the week it is my yoga practice will always look completely different yeah I think Amazing. that's what keeps me coming back yeah awesome no it's uh it's clearly something you're very passionate about. So it's uh, I look forward to seeing how that journey progresses over the over the years because I'm sure there'll be many more things you'll be doing with HBHM. So um, something that we're we're chatting about just before coming on, it it's kind of related to the whole wellness side is very popular right now. Is you like the cold water? You do a bit of sea dipping in that as well, don't you? Yeah. So I think while we were talking about this, I think with all of us not being able to go on holiday and like swimming pools being open, not being open even during lockdown, you know, I've always been a water baby. I like being by the sea. Um, But did I, did I ever think I would be jumping in the sea in my bikini in like February? That was when I really got into it. It was probably around February time. Um, But it's that like rush of adrenaline you get from this cold water activity. And there's quite a popular group up here in um, the Northeast that all get out together. So again, it's like we found these communities and these pockets of people that have similar interests as us that we can do offline and online that I think is really nice. So um, yeah, the cold water swimming is great. Like it's the, like I say, it's that rush that I get when I'm doing it. And again, it's a reason to get outdoors. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can just go, oh, I'll just, I'll just stay in this afternoon. It's fine. Or, you know, oh, I, I don't need to see sunrise. But how many sunrises are we going to get to see? Yeah. You know, why not go and do something a bit, a bit rogue and try yeah. something new? And the, fee- the feeling after it, it's incredible as well. You can be so like just before getting in, you're really bracing yourself. You know that it's going to be absolutely freezing. But by the time you come out, you know, the feeling's just incredible. I always find that the minute I come back, I always run back in because okay. you, you feel quite warm by that point. So you're yeah. like, oh, I'll just get back in for another, another minute or two. Um, I was recently down in England for a holiday and me and my friends went and had to dip in the water and I was like oh it's so much warmer down here than it is up in Aberdeen but it's 
and I was always a wetsuit kind of gal like I always wore my wetsuit but a big thick one and that always made the experience a lot more pleasurable but slowly but surely I started you know going out in my bikini and I was like I'm mad I remember one day going out with a friend in my bikini and it was snowing <laughs> and we got on the beach and it was bracing winds and we just went in and we just ran and it was that step away from reality and people looking at us like who are these complete idiots on the beach and I think (laughs) we had a great time yeah and I think if you can do that if you can put yourself into the North Sea in the middle of winter you know there's not much else you can't do after that exactly my dad's always like you're gonna get hypothermia one day I'm like it'll be worth it Well, let's hope you don't and let's hope none of us do. But yeah, it's uh, not great. It's great, great fun. And, you know, glad that you're into that as well. So, but on in the, you know, obviously we've spoke, well, the whole, the whole podcast so far about yoga um, and everything around yoga, but obviously it's a wee bit of a side hustle for you because you've got your own, your own business, which is Stretch Social. Um, so do you want to just tell us a wee bit about what that is? Yeah, people always think that Stretch Social was created because I was a yoga teacher, which I find funny. Um, But Stretch Social is a drinks marketing agency and we help um, drinks companies, whether they're alcoholic or non-alcoholic, make their social presence online. So we help them craft their social media platforms and their websites and create email marketing campaigns and things like that. So it's been a real journey. Um, doing that for the last year and we've really enjoyed it but again it's you know and you guys will be the same you know HVHM is a a fledgling company and I think that during these times you're so invested in the business you have to be able to find a practice that takes you away from it and allows you to switch off so that's why I have always still come back to yoga yeah Um, but the pandemic has definitely taught me that I think the yoga business will hopefully can will hopefully in itself evolve from yeah. maybe not necessarily teaching in person all the time, but offering, you know, online courses that people can do on their own that I don't necessarily have to be present for, because I think that it's such a beneficial practice that can be done anywhere across the world. I, yeah. And we've realized that more and more that time yeah. zones don't mean anything anymore. No, it's so. Not. No, it's been a great year. Two businesses in one year. And never did I think I'd be running two businesses. Yeah. So how how long, when did you start Stretch Social? Just over a year ago. Okay. Um, we had our first birthday last week. And Good. it's been a complete roller coaster. I feel like yeah. I've learned so much in this time than I've learned in like my however many years of being um, an adult in the in the working world yeah. you're learning new things every day aren't you yeah yeah definitely and especially with a new business there's just so much go- so much going on um at any one time isn't it it's just focus being able to focus on the right thing at the right time it's one of the biggest challenges but yeah it's yeah. it's good fun and what so is it new businesses you work with is it experience is it like you know longer established or is it a proper mix yeah, it's a real mix. I would say it's um, smaller companies at the moment, but we have a few kind of middleweight to um, larger scale brands that we work with because we really feel like certainly in a small business, it is the social media presence is the first thing to often go. Yeah. You know, you're you're trying to juggle a hundred different things at once that 
posting that thing on Facebook or Instagram doesn't feel very important at the time but actually it has a knock-on effect and I think we certainly noticed that during the pandemic that a lot of drinks companies still run in a very traditional fashion that they would show their products at events and they would make a lot of their sales that way and not through online sales so a lot of these companies have really had to pivot how they get their product to market and it's becoming more and more apparent that using social media appropriately and to make an impact is the thing that um, they've had to do so we've worked with some amazing cool brands in the last year and I look forward to seeing who we get to work with in future Nice, nice one. So uh, out, out with the the two businesses then, the yoga and uh, strength social, what other interests are there there? Oh, what do I get up to when I'm not working? I'm really into aerial silks, so I don't know if you know much about them. Um, I, I, know, I know what you're talking about, I think, but I don't know much about yeah. it, no. So it's, for, for anyone who's maybe listening who doesn't know, it's what I like to affectionately term circus school so it's where you have these silks hanging down from the ceiling and you use your body to make all these fun shapes so I've been doing that for the last I'd say maybe seven or eight months and again it's like another reason why my yoga practice is so important in my life because it helps me have that flexibility and mobility to do um, other hobbies of mine such as the silks so you'll often find me in a warehouse somewhere with silks hanging from the ceiling hauling myself up them not as gracefully as I would like but one day we, we can day, all yeah. dream yeah. Um, and other than that it's, it's like getting out and supporting local whether that's heading down to the beach and having we have an amazing um, vegan catering van down there called Roots yeah who like I just love going to so it's either heading out there or going out for brunch with friends yeah. kind of anything that I think supports me in this very holistic way so yeah. spending time with friends making time for me through my yoga practice or um, channeling my my energy into my job nice well before we wrap up then there's all there's a round up every every podcast in the same manner and that's asking our guests for their top tips um in three areas so that would be your your top tip for improving performance that can be yoga business any aspect of your life it's up to you and your top tip for recovery and your top tip for sleep so first of all megan what's your top tip for improving performance my top tip for improving performance fueling your body right like make sure you're getting your five a day in there at least get as many greens into your body as you can that would be my performance tip yeah and that's one thing we haven't spoken about at all today is nutrition so is that are you in any sort of particular way of eating or is it just get as much fruit and veg in you as possible yeah i wouldn't say that i follow um I, I like to try and eat as intuitively as I can. So some days that involves many a chocolate bar, yeah. but generally I try and fit in as many fruits and veg in as I can because I think that's super important. And I feel best when I when I'm doing that. Yeah, well, I, I'm the same actually. And I I think I said this in a recent podcast that I have been like not tracking everything that I eat, but tracking the amount of fruit and veg that I eat just to see what it means like the next day and if I do get like six, seven plus, you know, servings of fruit or veg a day, like my recovery is better the next day. 
So yeah. yeah, it's amazing the impact it actually has by just making a conscious effort to make sure you're getting enough in you. So good one. Great one. Okay. What about recovery? Your top tip for improving recovery? My top tip for improving recovery is sleep. So okay. it's kind of that last one you're talking about. Um, I have always been somebody who needs a good eight hours of sleep at night so that okay. I can function the next day. So I would, and it's, it's something I need to practice more myself, but putting that phone down at the end yeah. of the night, locking it away in a cupboard or putting it in a separate room and making sure that you get that that eight hours of sleep because yeah. for me I find it makes such a difference so oh, swap the swap the phone for a book and get to bed early swap the swap the phone for a book and also the bedtime yoga as well yeah I think it's everything that 18 year old Megan would have hated <laughs> I have now become that person <laughs> so your top tip for improving sleep then is that which of those is it then oh I think the best way to get a good night's sleep I personally find is having made sure I've moved my body that day. So whether that's through a yoga practice or even just getting out for a 20 minute walk after work or doing a really sweaty gym session, like Mm -hmm. something to move that stagnant energy that's maybe left over from the day so that my body feels like it's done all it needs to um, and can get a really good night's rest. Great. Nice one. Loads of good tips there. That's great. And finally where can people find you or follow you you know what's your social media handles your your websites things like that so they can find me at i am megan alexandra on instagram and my website is the exact same i am meganalexandra.co.uk and that's where anything yoga based is but generally best point of call would be to find me on instagram that's generally where i'm hanging out that's the easiest place and then we for are sure. stretcher on there as well isn't it we are stretch yeah we are stretch social for um anyone who's interested in learning a bit more about digital marketing or the drinks industry whether it's low to no or a beer yeah. or spirits yeah nice one okay well thanks very much for coming on the podcast megan it was great to have you here no thank you so much for inviting me it's been so much fun okay bye bye Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the HPHM podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that you can get 15% off at checkout on hphm.com by putting in the code HPHMPOD. Please share the latest podcast on socials at Instagram. We are at HPHM official and we look forward to speaking to you next time.